0: Thank you for joining us for episode 15, Born to Right. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy in these times. Before we begin, I want to ask if any of you have been catching my street reports. If not, you can check my social media or my YouTube page. I'm starting to load uh, more stuff on my YouTube. Also, last time we briefly introduced Claudia, but I really wanted to give her a chance to really introduce herself. So, Claudia tell the people about yourself
1: uh, well thank you so much Paul hello everybody I hope that if you're tuning in um, you find yourself uh, doing very well uh, my name is Claudia I, uh, I'm part of Walter astrology um, on Instagram it's uh, at Walta when astrology leads to awakening uh, and yeah that's that's basically my my little niche in, in the astrology world.
0: Huh. What's your uh, three majors?
1: Uh, okay, so my sun is in Pisces. My moon is in Sag, uh, which makes me love this stuff a lot. And my rising is Aries at 29 degrees, which I just recently read is called the anoretic degree, I believe.
0: Hmm. Um, I'm not. You're not sure? No, I'm not. Too far into degrees. Uh, okay. I'm. I don't really concentrate on degrees that much. Well, a- uh,
1: well, on one of your earlier uh, episodes, you um, you talked about the 29 degree and the zero degree, mm-hmm. and um, 29 degree being like basically like outside of the pool, right? Yes. Like Getting ready to go outside of the pool, kind of like still in the pool, but like in the shore, almost like getting out. Yes. Yeah, so I guess that gives me kind of like the best of both worlds in a way between Aries and Taurus.
0: When did you uh, first really start getting to astrology? How did you? Uh,
1: when I was 22, um, and I'll never forget it because uh, I had gone through, I had gone through somewhat of a, I guess like a crisis. I mean, I was really young, but I had gone through like a really bad breakup and I started hanging out with old friends that I hadn't spoken to in years, basically. And, um, you know, we're just talking, and a girl that I, I was just hanging out with said something about the moon and how it was really bright. And then, you know, she tells me, oh, what's your birthday? And I was like, oh, February." two. She's like, oh, I'm with Pisces, just like you. And then we just started talking, and it was like immediate, like the the light bulb just went off. And, and um, I don't know. I don't know. It was just uh, something that just triggered me immensely. And when I got home, I remember I went straight to the computer and I just did a bunch of research. Uh, I remember being on it for like hours and I needed more and more and more. And fast forward to what, like I'm 28 now, so it's been what, six years?
0: So you've been on a six year journey into astrology?
1: Basically, I mean, and I still am as, as fascinated as I was at the beginning. I, I still like when I look at a chart, I, I dive in. And, um, at first, I, I, I wanted to really get a good grip on it. But even now, like I'll still kind of like go back and read. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really deep into it now. <laughs> I can't I can't let go of it. It's...
0: Has <laughs> the way you when you started six years ago, has it changed to today?
1: The way that I what the way that Look I read at astrology. It? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess starting with the fact that, you know, that, and you also mentioned this in one of your episodes, the whole like fate versus free will. Um, that kind of gave me a run for my money because it really had to make me think about all these things that happen. And the more you get involved in astrology, the more that you realize that there's dots that kind of just connect themselves. Much like how the stars look, like you know, in the constellation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, I think I have I have uh, really changed the way that I I think about it, my relationship with it as well, um, the way that I feel about it.
0: Is there a form of astrology you lean towards, or what parts of astrology you like to? Would you say your focus is, or your go-to?
1: So I guess when do you I like started,
0: what- uh, so
1: uh, yeah, so I guess that when I started, I was very much into like the whole sun sign, you know, and 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 obviously, you know, my world kind of expanded when I realized that it was so much more than just sun sign, and that you know emotions had a lot to do with it and whatnot. Um, but when I started, um, you know, obviously I, I was doing a lot of research on cafe astrology, and I think the the focus. On there was cafe,
0: a I think cafe astrology is everybody's starting point.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> and it's and it's great because it's it's literally like like you'd go to a cafe and you 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 read about astrology. So I thought it was like a very brilliant uh, thing, and they have a lot of really good content. But their focus, I think, is a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. Um, they include obviously all the outer planets: Uranus, Neptune, Jupiter. I'm sorry, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. But um, that that's really how i started the the modern and now i'm kind of then from modern i went a little bit more into evolutionary um got a little bit more involved with the lunar nodes um got to know uh, pluto a little bit more and now with the help of you of course i'm getting (laughs) a little bit more to like the traditional aspects of of astrology um kind of just focusing on like you know the what they call the transpersonal planets or rather the the personal planets.
0: Yeah. The, the visible planets.
1: The visible planets, yeah.
0: The seven wanderers.
1: The seven wanderers, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: Are you liking that type of...
1: Yes, I like it because it's a little bit more predictive. Um, I think it focuses more on prediction-based um, rather than what I initially love my, my love for astrology started, which was basically, you know the focus on how to navigate through the soul's potential or rather through the personality's potential Mm -hmm. of reaching to like
0: psychology based
1: basically yeah reaching to that point where you know yourself and you understand your triggers and you understand that you know um you, you can behave in certain ways and try to somewhat find a balance to it um pretty much just accept yourself for who you are and i think that anybody that loves astrology um or rather anybody that finds astrology will will understand or come to a point where they feel like, oh, wow, you know, I found something that makes me accept me for who I am.
0: Huh. I'm glad you said that. So (laughs) in in the podcast of um, an offer I can't refuse, Mm -hmm. when I was talking to the Buddhist monk, yeah. I asked him a question. I asked him, uh, what is Buddhism? And he told me that's the wrong question to ask. And I asked him, what's the right question? And he said, the right question is, what has Buddhism done for me? So I asked him that. So I'm going to turn it on you.
1: What has <laughs> astrology
0: of done for you? What has astrology done for me?
1: Um, astrology has been almost like, um, a pocket therapist, I guess, in a way, um, it's been a tool to help me understand how I just do things, that I do them very differently than most people, um, it's been a saving grace for me, honestly, um. I was really desperate when I was younger. I was sort of like in this quest for understanding myself because I felt that I was very different than most people around me and I felt that I was attracted to really different things. And obviously you know that this is all due to the fact that I have a stellium in Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I always felt that I, I approached life in a very different way. And the more I started reading about my chart and the more I started learning about it, the more I realized that know, there wasn't anything wrong with me. That's just the way that I was. I was very unique. Um, And that sort of helped me come into um, accepting, you know, being in the skin and understanding like, hey, you know, like, it's okay that you are this way. You know, you don't have to beat yourself up about it. Um, Here are some things that you can do to sort of like navigate your life in a way where you're not being, I don't know, feeling like you're crazy or anything like that
0: yeah yeah hey here's your energy here's Um, my
1: energy this is what you work with exactly this
0: is what you work with and i work with it or let it work you
1: (laughs) basically you know either either i could be asleep at the wheel or i could sort of wake up every so often and just take the wheel and be like okay like i can tell my ego to take a back seat now
0: (laughs) yeah yeah huh well uh you will be on oh wanted to say uh, oh. but for everybody hope you don't mind uh, this is actually Claudia's third appearance yes <laughs> uh, I don't know if everybody is aware but your first appearance on I Am Astrology Readings podcast was episode 10 yes and it
1: was a very uh, it was a very personal uh, episode episode
0: yeah, uh if everybody is not familiar if you listen to episode 10 a tale of two loves that is claudia spilling yes. her guts <laughs> yes i
1: was expressing i was expressing my love hate relationship for cannabis and how it has transformed my life but also at the same time how i feel that it hinders me in some ways not so much the cannabis but rather the the incessant need to use it i guess um yeah. And, and it's funny because now in retrospect, I, I realized that we did that show a while ago, but now thinking back on it, um, it's not even like cannabis's fault. It's really just my fault and sort of like not knowing how to navigate around that energy.
0: Mm. Mm. Sound like you went back and listened to that a couple of times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I read it. I read it a, a few times because uh, it really came from the heart. Huh.
0: Interesting. So, uh, like I said, uh, if y'all want to get another peep at Claudia, go check out episode 10 and uh, she will still be on the show. Uh, Is there anything else you want to add before I begin? No, I think that
1: that pretty much covers it. If anybody has any questions, I'm sure they'll ask you and we can address it on the next one.
0: All right. All right. Well, let's begin. My better, my better half loves to go to Oakland Cemetery Tours, so guess who gets to go along? Oakland is a very old cemetery where most Atlanta elites are buried. At first, I thought I was going to be like one of those guy things that you get dragged along to do, but you really don't want to do. What I thought quickly changed after going a few times. You see, on these tours, depending on the season, sometimes they dress up and have actors where, where you stop by in certain graves and they tell you about that person and who's lying there. When, um, when did these tours become interesting to me? As an astrologer, we spend a lot of time looking at events in people's lives, matching them up with dates and planets. All graves have birthdates. So I started pulling up birth dates as the people told the stories, matching up the energy. By this time, these tours really got fascinating to me. I started sharing charts with my better half. Not only were we hearing the history of the person, but with astrology, it just added more spice to the tour. For instance, I forgot one of the gravesites, signs. Let's just say it was something that wouldn't have pointed to this aspect. On top of his grave was a statue of his dog. I started asking myself, why would that son insist on being buried with his dog right there? The dog being on top was part of the story in the tour. Turns out he was a Pisces moon, which answered that question for me. Pisces best friends could actually be their pets. Um, Claudia... I, I agree, 100%. As a Pisces? My,
1: my, my pets are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would get buried with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: See what a little extra astrology can provide? Everyone else on a tour left that grave just thinking, oh, he's weird or strange for doing that. But we walked away knowing his moon, emotions, being in Pisces, meant he loved animals. On a lover's tour on Valentine's Day weekend, we passed the grave of someone known worldwide. When people visit Atlanta, they still go to her house to this very day, and it's in the heart of the city. This person was Margaret Mitchell, the famous author who wrote Gone with the Wind, an American classic novel. The book and the movie was so big it broke records. By the way, I do not look up everybody, just the people that spark my interest. What made me look Margaret up? I asked myself, what made this Scorpio write that book? Margaret was born November 8th, 1900 and died August 16th, 1949 at the age of 48. When I pulled up her chart, I got part of my answer right away. But when I got home and looked, further into her story, it really got fascinating. I used a chart without a time at first, but then I found a time chart on AstroSeek that showed her as a Virgo rising. You need an accurate birth time to get the rising sign, so I doubted it at first. How could they know what time she was born at in 1900? But while reading her history, I kept going back to this Virgo rising chart. I think it actually really may be right when I looked at the aspects of her life. To begin with, remember the reason I said in the beginning, I was wondering why this Scorpio would be a writer. If she is a Virgo rising, that would put her sun sign in the third house, which is communication. I could have stopped right there, question answered, but there is more. She has more, and she's really more fascinating than that. Margaret comes from a wealthy family whose father was a lawyer. Margaret has Venus and Libra, the sign it rules, in the second house, values and security. Being that she was a night birth, Venus is her benefic, as in good planet. This planet points to her family having money. I also find it interesting the father was a lawyer and a Libra libra is the scales of justice speaking of the father not only did he not agree with the first marriage he also didn't agree with her taking a job as a reporter margaret's venus is square as in having tension her saturn in the fifth house in capricorn the fifth house rules kids hobbies short love relationships which she had many she had many boyfriends and creativity. Saturn here is the malefic, as in, it's not so good and not so helpful, but because it's out of set, being that she's a nightbird. A few things about this placement. The first husband was abusive, which speaks to this placement. Writing was once a hobby, but as we all know, that was her creative zone, and the father wanted to stop it. She also never had any kids. I have seen a few charts of people with Saturn in the fifth house who were childless. I think all three of these things points to that Saturn placement. I don't want you guys to run away from this podcast scared of Saturn because it's not always bad. It actually helps her out in the end. Saturn is in opposition to Neptune in her 10th house, which 10th house is career, career, public standing, and it's in the sign of Gemini. Neptune represents dreams, illusions, and magic. Out of the Neptune world energy comes artists, and putting it in Gemini, she created art with words. So how does Saturn play a good role in this? First, Saturn is in Capricorn, the sign it rules, which helps out. In astrology, that's called a mitigating factor. As in, you know, taking some of the sting out of Saturn. Um, Saturn is a father time and discipline. From, time, from the time she started writing the book until it was published, it took 10 years. Having her benefic Venus squaring Saturn helped her finish the book. Staying in the 10th house, she took a job as a local reporter from the Atlanta newspaper. Margaret has three planets in the 10th house, Gemini, which is communication. Gemini can be gossipy and loves conversation about many topics. This is pretty much what a beat reporter does. She goes around talking about things all around town. She was really active in this field writing over 200 articles for the paper. This is probably represented in the stellium, which is three or more planets in Gemini.
1: By the way, Mercury, Mercury just went into Gemini a couple minutes ago.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I just got a notification myself. Okay. And Claudia <laughs> has a stellium in they love it. Aquarius. Yeah. Do you how did does that stallion do you feel it right now no in your chart you know how you say uh you got you had a stallion in aquarius
1: do i feel it yeah yeah
0: it. how does that how how do you feel how does that expressed
1: um it feels it feels intense sometimes like it's something i can't run away from hmm if I had to put a feeling to it, it would be, be very much like um, a very concentrated energy that is very much there. And I sometimes I'm not sure what to do with it.
0: That's why I said she wrote over 200 articles.
1: <laughs> yeah, she did.
0: <laughs> it, 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 it can produce, and because and, where I was going next is it can produce an excess of energy, which comes out as plenty of articles written.
1: Or, or like
0: an obsession with, with like astrology in my case yes there you go <laughs> Margaret was married twice both husbands were ex-roommates and friends at one time the first husband Red who later became a character in her novel was an abusive drunkard and the second husband John Marshall paid off Red to go away to give him an uncontested divorce. The second husband who is in the picture on a blog, I have a picture of Margaret Mitchell's gravesite, and it's Margaret on one side and John Marsh, the second guy, or that's her second husband and uh, on the other side of the picture. Um. So yeah, the second husband is laying in the picture Uh, in a grave and he is the one who encouraged her to write the book being that she is a Virgo rising that would put Pisces on her seventh house cusp Jupiter the other benefic planet rules Pisces her Jupiter is in the fourth house of home family roots in the sign of Sagittarius the other sign it rules also, in females' charts, Jupiter can represent the husband. Her husband, Jupiter, inspired Sagittarius. Sagittarius' energy can be inspirational. Her to write the novel while recovering from an accident that forced her to stay home, fourth house. Speaking of Sagittarius, I said earlier she had a stallion in the sign of Gemini. But what I didn't tell you is that she actually has two stallions in her birth chart. The other stadium is in the sign of Sagittarius. Along with Jupiter in her fourth house, she has Mercury, Uranus, and a north node. Gemini and Sag are opposite signs of each other. They are kind of the same, but different. Both like to communicate, but it's a different type of communication. Gemini is more gossipy, quick, and short. Sagittarius is more big picture, longer view, longer, winded type communication, which is uh, good for the newspaper, but uh, it might be bad for the newspaper, but it's great for novels and screenplays. She knows how to communicate this way because her Mercury is in the sign of Sagittarius. She has a strange, unusual, eccentric and shocking, which is Uranus way of communicating this message. One of the big shocking points of the book was the blatant racism, racist language and portrayals of blacks in the novel in which she received a lot of backlash for. She also provided a not so good look at Southern white attitudes as well. It put that racist attitude front and center for all to see. Margaret came uh, into her lifetime to communicate. But she did not come here to write short reporting stories. That was just the beginning for her big mission. She came here to write that novel. Her North Node, what her soul wants to do, is also in Sagittarius. With Jupiter and the sign it rules, this novel turned out to be a great success. I've touched pretty much on every planet except one, Mars which is the other malefic. Being that she's a night birth, Mars is her malefic in set. Both malefics can bring some type of stressful situation, but the malefic in set might not be as stressful as the malefic out of set. Margaret's Mars is in Leo in the 12th house. Now Mars being in Leo is actually a good placement for writers and creative people. You know, Mars is like our warrior, get up and go energy. And you put that together with Leo, who loves attention, works well together for a writer and, you know, artist. She had a drive to get her writings read. So the malefic Mars was good to her in that aspect. But when you add the 12th house to the equation, the yang of Mars shows up. The 12th house can be a few topics, one of which is confined spaces, which includes hospitals. Now, this part got really cool. In astrology, there is a timing technique called annual perfection. From the time of her birth, from the time of our birth, life is set to 12-year cycles. With annual perfections, you can see what planet and what part of the birth chart will be active for that year. The third and ninth houses are usually connected with travel. The third is short-distance travel. The ninth is long-distance travel and foreign lands type of travel. When she was 26 years old, she was in a bad car accident that broke her ankle so severely that she was forced to stay home. The 26th year activates the third house where her son sits in Scorpio. Her son is in the third house and it's squaring Mars by sign, not degree, in a 12th. Even though the third house was activated, it makes a squaring aspect to the 12th house where her malefic and, oh, it also squares the 6th, which is health and daily routine where her malefic insect set. what was the outcome of this it was a car accident during a short short traveling uh, outing even though this was a bad accident it was not totally bad shortly after that accident she moved into a fourth house year the fourth house is associated with home, family, and roots. The accident forced her to sit, home, sit at home. This is when she started writing the book that made her famous. Although the car accident was a negative thing, something positive actually came out of it. It might have helped that when her fourth house became active, it activated the benefic planet Jupiter and Mercury. The book was published on June 30, 1936, when she was 35 years old. This is interesting because that would put her in a 12th house annual perfection year. Another thing associated with the 12th house year is endings. The writing, the editing, and rewriting part of the book was finished. And now it's time to release it for praise, Leo her 12th house cusp. Remember, Leo likes attention. By the time she made it to her birthday a few months later, she was a star. When she moved into her first house, which is a self year, uh, your self year, which activated Mercury. Again, her Mercury is located in her fourth house of home family and roots. That year she became famous for something she wrote while sitting at home and became a household name. Two years later, from when, she, when they first published the book, while in the second house year, she sold the rights to her book for the movie. Venus, her benefic insect, is in the second house, which is um, values and security, but you could put money there as well. She received $50,000 for the rights. When I, took, when I look at her life astrologically, although she did have a couple of down events like the bad first marriage, the car accident that broke her leg, she did have a good life. And I think that has something to do with the two benefics, Venus and Jupiter, and the signs they rule. She also has a malefic, Saturn, and a sign it rules, Capricorn. I think some of these placements point to Uh, some of the good aspects that she lived in her life two more things i want to mention the first is that uranus can be shocking and unexpected sagittarius rules higher learning and beliefs how did this aspect show up in her life even though she got backlash for the way black people were portrayed in her novel a little known fact about her is that she secretly funded the education of black doctors at Morehouse College of Medicine in Atlanta I do not want to end on a sad note but the last thing I found interesting about her is that she died on August 16, 1949 four days after being hit by a car the sun was transiting in her 12th house with Mars Again, aspecting her natal son in the third house, short travel. While on a short trip to an evening show, she was hit by a car, but this time it was not just a broken ankle. This accident cost her her life. By the way, she was on a first house self annual perfections year. Unfortunately, it wasn't a good thing for herself. I talked about her life astrologically but we did not look at her book. Even though I have heard a lot about the book in the movie I never personally read it or saw the movie. Me
1: the neither. book is Huh? Me neither.
0: Yeah. The book is about love, war, class conflict, racial strife and generational conflict. All of these topics can fit inside of Scorpio which is her sun sign and all of these topics she lived at one point in her life. I did not forget to speak to, I did forget to speak about one thing, her rising sign being Virgo, the analyzer. While sitting at home nursing her broken ankle, it gave her a chance to really analyze her life. When she was analyzing her life, this, became the backdrop of her novel because many aspects of her life are in the book. I'm glad my better half made me go to with her to the Oakline cemetery tours. I try not to let on how much I'm actually enjoying it, but I actually can't wait to the next tour. Hopefully we will tour someone else who is as interesting to read about as Margaret Mitchell. was awesome thank you thank
1: you um i i do wonder if maybe her her giving back to the to black doctors was sort of like a way that perhaps she felt some sort of guilt because of like all the the, the, backlash. the backlash yeah that yeah, it might like have been
0: caused. it might have been uh uh made her her conscience feel guilty so you know yeah yeah she I, gave I, back
1: I that as soon as you said it
0: uh, that part is not um highly publicized, but they should they should publicize it, you know. Yeah. Made me think differently about it.
1: I might watch that movie then. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Actually, uh my mother who is seventy six, she said she couldn't even make it um through the whole movie, uh, or point. read the book because of the racism and how it was being portrayed.
1: And she was a white woman, why could mention Yes. So she technically wrote a book that was very racist against black people.
0: Well, mm, well it's a timepiece period. It was set in the South, like during, uh, right before uh, the Civil War and during the Civil War time.
1: Oh, so you mean that she? So, so you mean that she was very true to like all her Sagittarius energy. She was probably
0: very blunt and like forward about everything
1: that happened in her like home life or
0: whatever. Well, well, you know, I think I think it was set on a plantation, and and the black person was like her maid, and you know, made her talk real black. I think what was her name, Mammy or something? Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was. You know, I'm speaking out of not actually seeing it, just clips and from what I heard. But you know, uh, but if you read a lot of stuff about her life, she was introduced to that earlier in her life because uh, she had uncles and stuff like that that were ex Confederate soldiers. And, yes, yes, and, I. Uh, I they, yeah, and then they bring her to. See plantations, burnt out plantations when Atlanta got burned down and stuff during the war. So I mean, and she was a little girl; she probably hearing these stories, you know.
1: Yeah, so she was very influenced by her upbringing and her roots, and then and then, Atlanta, and, 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 and it caused her to write something that was, I mean, I mean, I'm surprised that it, it won a Pulitzer Prize. Obviously, you know, like. I guess I understand why, but it was obviously something very raw and, like, real to that time.
0: Yeah. And then it was uh, 1930-something, so, you know, uh, racism. You
1: know, Post-Depression.
0: Yeah. Racism wasn't looked down. I mean, and, and that was another thing, too. I was thinking about, what is $50,000 post-Depression? It's a
1: chunk of change.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a large
1: chunk
0: of change yeah and that's and that was for the rights of the book so uh, to do the movie so that ain't saying what she made off the book
1: it's kind of crazy though that <laughs> that it goes so hand in hand with 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 uh, with the bird chart
0: that's what that's what really really fascinated me and to be honest with you um the Way that I looked at astrology before reading uh, Chris Brennan's Hellenistic Astrology book. Shout out to
1: the astrology podcast.
0: Yes, shout out to them, Chris Brennan. Um, I wouldn't have seen the chart like that. Yeah, I
1: get it. No, I mean you 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 went in. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, 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 well. Remember when I when I was really doing when you first. Me and you first started talking. I really was more focused on natal astrology, and I really tried to. I stayed away from transits and prediction type stuff.
1: And me too. I, I uh, when I started, I was very much into natal astrology. And though I'm, though I've gotten, I feel like I've gotten good at natal astrology. I can see why some astrologers will graduate from natal astrology and like go on to something else because. Sometimes
0: I feel like it becomes a little bit redundant. Yes. And and for people, so uh, after you explain someone's natal chart and they really got it, you know, they come back to you for other questions and it's kind of like you got to have something else. And um, it actually lets you kind of be able to see some stuff like was this zodiacal releasing and then annual perfection kind of lets you see today what's like like you know live <laughs> this is yeah of course of you course. know it's uh,
1: um it, it's I,
0: oh the word I was looking for real time
1: oh yeah in real time yeah. yeah well yeah I I've I I personally am starting to sort of enjoy like events um like the astrology of events a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I find myself kind of like... World
0: events or events?
1: World events, events. Like uh-huh. I guess like events that happen in your life. Uh, I also like... Um, I like the astrology. I like the astrology of... Um, of basically, you know, the events, people... Um, what was I gonna say? I believe it's the astrology as well of. Um, oh my god! It just escaped me.
0: But mainly, ma- mainly
1: events. I'm starting to get a lot into events. Like anything that I can look at a transit and be like, "Oh, look! Like this energy is gonna pop up," and then like, boom, oh, there you go."
0: Hmm. Yeah. As in that that newspaper article you sent me today
1: yes about yes. that
0: guy uh poo poo and the astrology of
1: yes the yes i actually got that i saw that i saw that on the on the leo king's website and um he's obviously very upset about it um but yeah these are just like you know the, i guess like the, the social media mainstream astrology personality that exists right now but yeah um no but what i wanted to say to you while you were reading this is that you you mentioned that you mentioned, and I also saw something about her um, growing up around her aunts and her uncles. Mm-hmm. And I've read before that I'm not sure 100% if it's um, Virgo energy or Jupiterian energy that's that that kind of like brings us around our our aunts and our uncles. Um, I I want to say that maybe it's Jupiter, hmm. but if so, you know her Jupiter is in Sagittarius, so it would kind of make sense that she's like very close to like family members that are not. Necessarily, mom or dad.
0: Yeah, because her story
1: doesn't really focus on her parents. It kind of talks a lot about like her growing up around her like extended Extended
0: family. Yeah, and she has four planets in the fourth. You know, so
1: yeah, family was important for her, but so was her career because she's got uh, she got the moon in the tenth.
0: Yeah, but what I mean by that is uh, with Hellenistic astrology and all that. Uh, the modern astrology is every every part of the birth chart is you. Yeah. True. Hellenistic is <laughs> uh, only one is kind of you. The rest could be talking about other people. Which around. is which
1: is uh, the sun, right? In Hellenistic, technically. Well,
0: no, no. Depends on your rising sun. Ah, uh,
1: okay. Oh, on the ruler of your chart.
0: Yeah, and that. Is more symbolic of you.
1: Ah, I understand. Okay.
0: For so uh, me being a Gemini rising,
1: the ruler of your chart is Mercury.
0: Yeah, and so the um, other planets and stuff could be talking about other people.
1: So, which is true because you're a messenger.
0: So you, if you, you're very, <laughs> you're very
1: much, you're very much like a Merc- mercurian, mercurial messenger, like. Hermes or whatever.
0: <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, thank you, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean,
1: when you used to drive Lyft, I remember that you used to talk, um, used to tell me sometimes that like people would tell you stuff like, "Oh my God," you know, um, or you like you find you know random strangers that are crying or whatever, and you'd say something about their chart, and they're just like, "Oh my God, you just gave me hope" type thing. And every time you would describe these stories to me, I'd be like, "Well, it's kind of like." These people had no idea that they were getting into a, into a car with somebody that was going to give them a message that they really needed to hear. Hmm. If you think about it, that's 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 uh, that's the true essence and energy of your the ruler of your chart, <laughs> Mercury. Um. A spiritual messenger, nonetheless, because can't forget about your tenth house and Pisces. It's
0: interesting that you say that. Uh, only thing I will say is when you are sitting inside of a circle, you cannot see 360 degrees. Uh, the way you just put that, I've never seen it like that. Uh, and you just gave me a wide view lens of what I was doing. Oh, you Thank just, you. I,
1: moon and, and Saj right here. I was here. just That's about that. to
0: say uh, that, that that Sag Moon just came out. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that Sag Moon just came out and showed us.
1: no uh, bigger had picture. Had a presence
0: on the show. Just a few seconds. Um, by the way, if y'all want to know what we're talking about, sage people, Sash Energy can see big picture.
1: My entire life. My entire life has been like this.
0: Huh. Uh. Is there any uh, things that you wanted to bring up as far as...
1: About Margaret Mitchell's uh, retreat?
0: No. We're going to move on from Margaret Mitchell. <laughs> I think we had enough of Margaret. Uh, as far as aspects or anything going on in the sky that you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, okay, well, so um, so Saturn went into into retrograde last night, which is technically today at twelve at midnight, twelve ten a.m. Right. And then uh, Mercury, uh, planet of communication, just entered Gemini today. So we're feeling that we're gonna be feeling very very curious and and wanting to sort of like socialize and spread our, our our little butterfly wings and just sort of you know talk and chatter and and uh you know go from from uh flower to flower pollinating That <laughs>
0: might be why we're doing this podcast today my that's my first house mercury
1: absolutely absolutely it's it's a good one you said it i, I was like oh i don't know if we should do it you know because Saturn do in retrograde but hey it's coming out great and then um and then tomorrow, no, sorry, on Wednesday, which is the 13th, Mars is gonna enter Pisces, and you know Mars doesn't like to be in Pisces technically. And then the same day,
0: what is uh, Mars in fall in Pisces? Wait, yeah. No,
1: Mars is in the fall. It, Mars is it's, it's in its fall in Cancer.
0: Cancer, all yeah. right.
1: But it, I, I I don't well, think it's, it's a
0: water sign. It's a water sign.
1: Yeah, it doesn't express itself as assertively as it should. And then later on that day, Venus stations oh. retrograde in Gemini.
0: Wait, I thought Venus is retrograde already. It's not?
1: Not yet. It's, When's in Gemini, it's gonna be, Yeah, 21 degrees.
0: When does that go retrograde?
1: And then on Thursday, the day after, Jupiter in the morning goes retrograde at 27 degrees. Capricorn. So it's going to bring up because it's going to be around those degrees. I'm not super into the degrees either, but I I know I remember the degrees from the from the Pluto Saturn conjunction in Capricorn mm-hmm. Jupiter, like back in January when everybody in astrology was saying, "Oh my god, the world's going to end. Something really big is going to happen." blah 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 blah. Well, the coronavirus happened. That's what that was a really big thing that was going to happen. And now we're kind of going back into pre coronavirus days.
0: Um how, so how many planets we gonna have retrograde at the same time?
1: Saturn, Venus, And Pluto. Pluto's already retrograde, so
0: technically four. Oh man. Four planets in retrograde? Yeah. Yeah. It's a
1: very it's it's a very wise time to not make any major decisions or not make any like major purchases or sort of just stay put and just sort of like you know um reflect just kind of test the waters, see what it is that you really like about whatever situation that's what, happening right
0: now. What, what to do about those exes that contact you with Venus being retrograde <laughs> Yeah, I gotta watch out for that people.
1: Am I that. supposed to say this on record or off record?
0: Well, I'm just saying, well, you know
1: <laughs> I got people that are gonna be watching this.
0: Well, I'm not I'm not talking about us. I'm just we gotta warn the people. You're
1: right, you're right. What would you know, with, with Venus being
0: context? retrograde? What, what what happens with Venus being retrograde?
1: Um, well, just could there's you, gonna could be you, a lot of a lot of talking, a lot of conversation, yeah. you know
0: uh but, but by the way um if x's do pop up just realize sometimes retrograde is is uh the reason they're popping up is for closure
1: yeah and things you know usually retrograde cycles point out to like um things that are coming from the past like back up yeah and um yeah, basically that to kind of like have some sort of like closure and just sort of like you know move on to that next nice chapter.
0: But it just is. You usually but it tend. But it ain't saying rekindle.
1: <laughs> but I think it could. <laughs> <laughs> it could, it could rekindle. But then, I mean, it's it's not advice to rekindle. Um, But I, you know, it's funny you say that because I feel that even though sometimes like the astrology will tell us, oh, like, don't go back to something. Right. But so it's almost like we understand in some sort of uh, unconscious way or or rather like our subconscious understands that. Yeah. Like we shouldn't go back to that. Right. But there's always a part of us that is curious to kind of like see or understand what it is. That we would be going back to right so if we tend to go back to that which has already happened and now it's coming back and we're sort of like looking at it again um, we don't usually find ourselves in that same state that we found ourselves when that first thing whatever that came back left us to begin with. Yeah. usually we freak out and we think oh my god i don't want this thing to come back because i think that you know it might i don't know what it's going to do to me i don't know if i can handle it i don't know mm. if i'll be wise enough to um process it or whatever but really what what, what tends to happen is it's coming back also to let you know that you have also evolved so yes. there's there's things about you that have actually um leveled up
0: uh, or to remind you the reason you left them alone in the first place. Yeah,
1: basically.
0: You know, uh, hey, it's that person that you had that you still had in the back of your mind, like way back there, like uh, And then that person shows up, and then when they show up, you be like, oh, I remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. That's why we don't talk no more. <laughs>
1: Which, it, which could lead to closure.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it
1: does. It does, at least to closure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But it's sad because retrograde periods usually do show you that. And I mean, but it doesn't have to be sad. And here's my sad moon that's going to come out because it could also show you that, hey, like, you know, maybe that wasn't what you thought it was, but it doesn't mean that it can't evolve into something that is different than that. Yeah right so to give people a brighter perspective you know maybe you 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 find yourself in a situation where something is coming back that you necessarily you know don't want it to come back or that you kind of have to learn from it but it doesn't mean you have to X out the person completely from your life it just means that perhaps the relationship will transmute into something different something that's more convenient for you now in this state of of existing
0: well (laughs) <laughs> Depend, it depends on well what if it's some what if you're involved with somebody already and then that ex shows up there ain't no and there ain't no you know hey i'm about to break up with my person who i'm with now just to get back with you
1: what if you what if what if the ex shows up and you decide that you can give it a try and be your friends Hey, there's a uh, possi- would, there's a possibility your, how, for anything. How
0: how would you uh, better have uh, feel? Would you be friends with your exes? No,
1: no oh, well, that's that's not now that goes into like personal psychology. Well, that's <laughs> what that, that's
0: what I'm saying. You sitting up here saying the, maybe the relationship. How is, would the
1: how would the person feel? Well, I mean,
0: no, nah, it ain't going down. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but you know home.
1: what? But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes those those moments are important because. Um, it's fun. I I actually, I actually know of of something like this happening. It it will sometimes an ex showing back up to um, that sort of brings a little bit of problems or triggers to to an existing relationship could sort of be like an eye opener for that partner that is not um, sort of like you know meeting the expectations or I guess um, being all that they can be in the relationship hmm. So if you think about it, a retrograde period doesn't have to look or feel like a nightmare. It could just sort of be something that opens your eyes and tells you oh wait, hold on like let me not drop the ball.
0: Hmm. Hmm. all right.
1: Did you like so, that
0: interpretation better? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. You know, I don't want people to walk away from this podcast thinking, "Hey, uh, we telling people if in this retrograde period, if an ex show up, break up with somebody, and and go back with your ex."
1: No, I would not say that at all. I would. Well, I would that's
0: kind of how it started to sound a little bit. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe. But thank you for correcting me. I would just recommend that before you act, you just sort of take a pause and and make sure that you understand what you're doing
0: yeah and i like my version better hey that ex is showing up to show you the reason why you let them go and if you are in a current relationship may even make you uh, appreciate your your relationship that you're currently in even that much more God, I'm glad I'm not dealing with that no more.
1: <laughs> I, I'm technically, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that right now. <laughs> That's not really my case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ho- I'm kind of hoping that the Venus Retrograde is more like, I mean, for me, it's going to affect my third house, so hopefully I, I, I learned something that I, I don't know, I didn't learn.
0: All, right. All learn. right. I'll just say this, and since it's my show and, you know, I know our honesty, uh, not, not recently, but a few years ago, um, doing a retrograde, I had, a, it, it was about four years ago, I guess, doing a retrograde. I had an ex who kind of had in the back of my mind, <laughs> <That's not the laughs> you know, that one of those persons, Mm-hmm. That, you know you broke up you're kind of like oh well they they called me out of the blue doing a retrograde and we had a 10 15 minute conversation and after that i hung up the phone with that person i said to myself thank god we broke up what we did because i am so glad i wasn't with her when she was going through all that crap so that gave me closure and helped me to release that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Release. That's a good. Um, they they kind of hit all the r all the words that start with r e. Release, um, review, renew.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, is there anything else you want to add before we close it up?
1: I think uh I think we got it all unless you have something something you might want to say.
0: no, uh, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, well So uh I would like to thank everyone for joining us for episode fifteen, Born the Right. You can reach Claudia at
1: W A L T A. Sorry, W dot A dot L dot T dot A. At inst- on Instagram Walta. or you can just ha- uh, search the hashtag when astrology leads to awakening
0: alright uh, website
1: WalterVision.com alright
0: and, and there you can
1: find my email and my my phone number um I actually do a free 15 minute consultations if anybody wants to talk about anything if you just have like a random question about astrology or anything you can always call me and and discuss it it's my
0: favorite topic to talk about so look up uh claudia and walter astrology and if you would like to uh get a reading from me or a custom t-shirt or read my blogs you can check me out at iamastrologyreadings.com as always know thyself and balance your energy It's no, it ain't no joke. Takes me away to other places like I'm surfing the internet. I got the hook up just pasty and we make a thing to connect. And today, like I saw it with smoke clouds up in the air. Pants the blunt around and around like a ride well World's Fair. I would have smelled like cologne, posted up like all was on. More people read I even smoke when I'm on a throne. Yeah, my lifetime, I probably smoke 10,000 pounds. I'm a smoke game. I'm looking how that shit sounds. I call it how I see it. Take my eyes used to the third. You happen to see me on the street, you know I'm high as a bird.